The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome. You've entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simran Singh. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Learn to empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simran Singh. Any time of our life, it's a good time to set intentions and especially at the beginning of the year. We often find ourselves, some people set resolutions or goals or intentions of what they want to achieve. But what if you could pull in a partner to kind of help you manifest some of those things? And I'm not talking about, uh, you know, the friend next door or your husband or your wife or even your child. I'm talking about going a little beyond and really getting some magical energies to involve with you in creating that life that you're looking for. What if you could choose a beastie energy? to collaborate with, one that would bring forward the energies that it holds and allow it to be something that guides you, allow it to be something that shows up consistently in your life to let you know that you're going in the right direction, allows it to be something that in a magical way supports you in unfolding in whatever intention that you set out for. Well, after you hear this show, I almost guarantee you that you are going to want to pick up this book and you're going to want to set your intentions and you're going to want to choose your beastie energy to work with this year so that you can manifest what it is you want to have. And it's just a fun way to make change happen. And so it works like this. You set your intention plus your beastie of the year and you have powerful manifestation. And this is what we're going to talk about today. My guest is Sarah Seidelman and she has written a just beautiful, wonderful, fun book entitled What the Walrus Knows, An Eccentric's Field Guide to Working with Beastie Energies. And she invites readers to join the fun of exploring why certain animals show up in our lives and what messages these animals are trying to share with you in their teachings. It's written in a delightful way. It's got wonderful, uh, colorful cover and if you go to her website you're going to see some amazing little videos and just lots of liveliness and creativity and that just shows you how the beastie energies have inspired and touched her and that's what i'd love to spark within you because right now we can get so caught up in the day-to-day stuff that's going on that we forget that there's a lot of magic surrounding us so without further ado i'd like to enter uh welcome sarah seidelman to Eleven Eleven talk radio Thank you, Simran. I'm so pleased to be here. It's a real honor. I'm excited to to have this uh, conversation because I, like you, I came across the book Animals Speak by Ted Andrews many, many, many years ago. And it was because all the time I would see certain animals and they'd show up in my life. And at that time, I had not gone through my journey and my path and really gotten into where I needed to be. But something in me knew 
that these things mean something. You know, they're showing up for me for some reason because it's just too consistent a situation. And I started to discover these languages, not just in animals but in other things too, that did exist. And I think that when you we talk about this language of the animals, that's something that people can relate to, but you've taken it deeper because you're getting also into the beasties, which I don't know that Ted did, and which also allows us to understand the beauty of so many totems that exist in our world and how we can tap into things in a completely different way. So I'd love for you to start off by kind of giving people an idea of how you fell in love with a walrus and how this <laughs> led to this incredible journey. Well, I have, um, I just, you know, I really was really interested in doing transformational work with people. And I had just finished, um, I'm a physician, and I had been taking a sabbatical from my job as a physician and had finished some coach training. And I was looking for a way to, you know, really inspire other people that was playful and fun because I, I was finding some of the coaching stuff got, you know, some of it could be quite serious and heavy. And sometimes the last thing we need is more of that when we're already feeling you know, kind of heavy ourselves in terms of just, you know, energetically speaking. And um, and I, too, was looking to move from my physician job into, you know, and working more with people on a transformational level. And I stumbled into this taxidermied walrus, which sounds probably pretty nutty cakes to people who are listening, but there was something about the walrus. As you mentioned, sometimes these, when you see an animal or recurrently you see an animal or it really um, captures your attention and it feels significant, that's when I would invite people to kind of just notice that. Um, and this taxidermied walrus, I couldn't figure it out, but I was kind of, not obsessed, but I really thought about it a lot after I had seen it in this shop hanging on the wall. And then I had stumbled into Ted Andrews' book, which is a wonderful book. Um, and I had thought, well, I don't know what this means, but let's look into the walrus. And one of the things you can do is... Um, the idea of totems or animal totems is basically that your energy is somehow aligned or you are vibrationally kind of aligned with the animal that is showing up for you and that that animal has some kind of wisdom to impart or some kind of insight to help you with whatever is going on in your life. And at my point in my life, I was sort of trying to walk away from my golden handcuffs of you know my medical career and kind of breaking into a new world. And that was a little scary, you know. Sometimes it takes courage to do things that we really want to do. We know deep down in our heart we want to do, but it's it's frightening or we think, uh-oh, you know, maybe it this is isn't the right decision. It's, it's, it's hard to t- sometimes make that leap or even know what that leap's going to be. Yeah. And I think it's, that's the time when if we are a little more aware of things that uh, we can see those repeated occurrences or the repeated phrases or the different things that show up in that manner. And what I want to point out to people here is that it was a taxidermied walrus. You know, <laughs> yes. and so it doesn't necessarily have to be a live thing. It might be someone's giving you a frog and you end up getting frogs from a bunch of different people all at one time and that means something. Everything means something. Yes. And that's really, you know, the shamanic or, you know, if we look back at kind of ancient healing wisdom, you know, the shamans basically um believe that and shamanic people who you know, live in that world, believe that everything that happens to us is significant. So just looking at animals alone is one way to um, to sort of a, kind of approach life that way. Yes, and sometimes it's really funny. We will have, like, somebody on a, on a, a call who um, for, we do a, a podcast for a squirrel called Squirrel Radio, which is a podcast for animal totems, 
and we'll ask somebody, you know, what animal is showing up for you. And often one way to find out is just to look around your home. Sometimes we have been like sort of subconsciously collecting many objects with the same beastie on it. Um, so it's interesting. Sometimes if you're not sure what the animal is that you've got in your life right now, it's good to kind of peek around your house or apartment and think, Hmm. You know, oh, yeah, I, I bet, artwork? you know, I know that all the people listening, you're all closet beastie people. You just <laughs> exactly. don't even know it yet. You just have to, you know, bring that beastie out of the closet and, and let them play with you. <laughs> the, the guy that you've written, you write in here that this is not a guide to help you identify beasties, but to help you identify with beasties. And that is, there's a, quite a distinction there. So let's get into why this isn't just about, oh, I see uh, a a unicorn repeatedly. Well, that's what this means. Let's talk about what it means to be with them. Yeah. Well, really what it is is you're sort of, um, and it's individual for every person. If you saw a wall, excuse me, a unicorn somewhere around and I saw one, it may have a very different meaning for both of us depending on what's going on with each of us. Um, so what I kind of tell people is to, and this is the process which I call a guest beastie. So this is a beastie that's shown up for you today or maybe it's recurrently showed up for you over a couple weeks. Um, you've seen this animal over and over again, and you're starting to think, okay, there's something here for me. I want to pay attention. Is to just ask yourself, you know, what has been on your mind over the last 24 hours or the last few weeks? Is there something going on at work? Is there a relationship that needs healing? Um, are you having a particular issue um, with a project? What's going on? And then to basically do a little investigation into the beastie itself. So if it was a unicorn, for instance, you might want to look at the mythology of the unicorn. You might want to um, study some of the physical characteristics, um, some of the um, essences of that animal. And I sort of what I've done in, in this book is I have about 50 um, different beasties, some of the most common ones it seems that people need to or seem to stumble into. And just see if there's some kind of aha or a little resonance that you get or something that helps you shift whatever it is you're approaching um, or whatever the, the issue is at hand. So, for instance, for me, when I was feeling this, I want to walk away from my golden handcuffs job that, you know, is financial security, but I'm feeling the right thing is to move forward, um, the walrus is really this incredibly abundant sort of symbol. I mean, walruses are these giant, enormous, you know, very grounded animals um, that are quite secure in themselves. And, you know, all animals are really wonderful kind of, I guess, role models of self, like radical self-love. Um, they don't, um, walruses, for instance, aren't, you know, sitting around going, oh, Lord, I should get on the treadmill or I shouldn't be, you know, laying here on the rocks enjoying sunning myself. I mean, they're just being, right? They're in the moment. They're being walruses and kind of falling, surrendered to their own desires. And I think as humans, sometimes we can get so caught up in our um, left brain being logical and like saying, I must do this or I should be, you know, fill in the blank, whatever it is. And we sort of tuned out to our own internal wisdom, which is telling us it's okay, you know, to lay on the rocks or it's okay to want what you want, which is maybe to, you know, begin taking steps to move away from a particular job or moving towards a relationship. Even though sometimes these things don't make any logical sense, some, I mean, I think that's our soul doesn't necessarily speak in, in logical terms. <laughs> well, and I got something from the book um, that 
that I found was very interesting, and it was that you, you were in pathology. That was your, your specialty. And right. what you came across was a taxidermid walrus. And what you have created is very much alive. And so there also seemed to be somewhat of a message of rather than dealing with all that is of pathology and, and death, let's become alive. Let's do yeah. something. And that's how you pull those messages out of the things that you see. And, and you also talk about tapping into nature, whether it is uh, something that is animate or inanimate, tapping into nature and stepping into that state of appreciation, that joy and that expanded possibility, because that is where we can rise to and really open our worlds up, and it seems like that's what you did. Yeah, that's sort of what happened to me with my sabbaticals. All of a sudden, I had a little extra free time. I have four kids, and with working, I was really pretty um, pretty limited in time. And all of a sudden, I had, you know, I had a half an hour to go stumble around in the woods on a path. Um, and I think what I realized is, and many of us are in the same situation, is many of us get pretty nature-starved. You know, um, we're working long hours. We're spending a lot of time in front of a computer. Um, we're just not getting outside as maybe as much as we did when we were children because our life has, you know, the world has become a very, um, for many of us anyway, a very sort of, we live in buildings, all that kind of stuff. And the natural connection to nature, which was so prevalent hundreds of years ago and people live very close to the earth, is really not there. And so sometimes we have to kind of make an effort um, to do that. But what I what I kind of discovered is I felt better just simply being outside and you know everybody knows this when you even when you just walk outside onto your you know front stoop to pick up the newspaper or whatever just to smell that air and you know maybe see a bird flying by um, there's just this kind of higher vibrational energy I guess is the best way that I can explain it that you feel a little better when you get a fresh you know a breath of fresh air. Um, and as you said, I don't tell people, hey, you've got to move into the wilderness to do this kind of work. Um, sometimes the beasties will come to you wherever you are. So even if you don't go outside, although I strongly encourage people to go outside, um, the beasties will come to you if you are, are you are paying attention and they will kind of begin to show you things. So um, I just invite people to, yeah, to practice, play around with it and see what happens. My guest today is Sarah Seidelman. She's a fourth-generation physician that was living in a nature-starved, hectic lifestyle when an unlikely walrus entered her life, changing absolutely everything. Through paying attention to the ancient practice of animal spirits and the traits associated with the walrus, Sarah found the strength and courage to take a sabbatical from her practice as a physician to kind of let go of those golden handcuffs, as she calls them, and spent six months in nature reflecting upon her heart's desires. She left her medical practice to become a coach, speaker, and author and has released the book, What the Walrus Knows, an eccentric field guide to working with beastie energies. It's a fabulous little book, and I, I urge you to connect with her. You can go to followyourfeelgood.com. That's followyourfeelgood.com. Find out more about her. Look at some great videos. Really enjoy the website. And then uh, definitely order your book off of Barnes & Noble or Amazon.com. We'll be right back with Sarah Seidelman. Your online community for positive change. Seventh Wave Network. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444... 
people all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. The new home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. Welcome back. I do want to let you all know that 1111 Magazine is being gifted to everyone for 2012. Go to the website, 1111mag.com, and click the free for 2012 banner so that you can get yours and access some amazing articles. The, the issues this year are just fabulous, and all of the discussion is exactly what you need to hear. When we look at what's going on in the world, sometimes it can make us feel a little down or not know where exactly things are going. But when you hear from people that truly can see the world as it is and can give you the positive spin on it and allow you to adjust your perspective and rise up to the reality that you have, that you can have, then all of a sudden the life is a really beautiful place regardless of what's showing up around us. My guest today is Sarah Seidelman, and she has written a book entitled What the Walrus Knows. This book is about getting in touch with your beastie energies, and Sarah told me over commercial break that she had pulled the wild horse card uh, before the show, and I think that that would be my intention for this year. So definitely get your book so that you can set an intention for the beastie energy that you want for this year. And if it happens to be the wild horse like me, then we are going to burst into speed and tap into our endurance. We're going to curve and swerve and adjust our trajectory and change course. We're going to let energy lead us and do what feels good next. We're going to break new ground because the world is our playground. We're going to maintain connections and stay close to our companions. And we're going to run because we can. (laughs) wider and wider and wider. We're going to wait for the signals, and when the time is right, we're going to rush and plunge. We're going to unleash the silliness and get wacky and let off steam and play to clear the head. We're going to get mystical and practice and use wisely and often. And it just means that if we're a wild horse, we have our own ways and we are enough. So that is definitely my intention in Beastie Energy for 2012. (laughs) Definitely pick out your own. You know, that's the fun part of all of this. If people allow themselves to tap into some of this uh, type of thing, the, the nature spirits, the totems, the shamanic ways, what we're, we're doing is we're tapping into a lower world. And I, again, I want you to create a distinction for people. We're not talking underworld, we're talking lower world. And that's a completely different experience that allows our 
physical world, our energetic world, everything about us to expand. Can you go into a little bit of that, Sarah? I can. Um, yeah, the lower world is kind of where um, the shaman would go on journeys, but you don't have to be a shaman to do that kind of work. But you can. The lower world is basically a place that is full of loving and compassionate spirits, if you will. And most of them are beasties. So you might go on a shamanic journey to the lower world and you might visit with a unicorn or you might visit with a bear or a wolf. Um, and it'll be perfect and individual for you. And I talk a little bit about how to go on a journey in the book. Um, but you don't necessarily have to shamanic journey to do this work. You know, one of the most powerful things people can do is to discover what their core beastie is and I talk about that, that a core beastie is really an animal, a wild animal that's been with you for your entire life. You may not be, for some people that's a very easy question to ask. I might ask you, you know, what has been your, what was your favorite animal age seven, eight, nine years old? Um, Or maybe there's been an animal that you've always, you know, some people it's quite easy. They go, oh, it's always been dolphin or, oh, I've always been an eagle person, you know. And then it's really wonderful because it's, you know, it's a very simple thing. Um, For me, it was a little more difficult. I had quite a long list of of beasties that I loved, and I wasn't quite sure what my core beastie was. Um, But once you identify what that is or who that is for you, you can begin to kind of align with the way that they, you know, the energies that they offer. So, for instance, if it's a bear, you might want to ask yourself, you know, is it true that I... um, like a bear, have different cycles of when I need to kind of retreat and go to my cave like the bear does during the winter where they kind of hibernate and kind of slow down a little bit. And that's when they are creative. That's when they, um, usually when they, um, you know, get pregnant with cubs and and bring them out in the spring. Um, So that, and you can think about it in a metaphorical way. Um, so, you know, if you're a person who needs to create um, or, you know, to do, you know, do something new in your life, if you're working with the bear as your core beastie, maybe, you know, to honor that retreating that you need to do instead of, you know, sometimes, as I was saying before, in our logical, linear mind, we're going, I need to work harder. I need to, like, go out exactly. and do all these parties. But in reality, you know, the best thing, your soul is calling for you to maybe retreat and take a little bit of a break and get some salt, you know, time alone. And that core beastie then is with you at all times. That's the one that's going to kind of consistently show up and that you're also going to consistently draw upon um, kind of like uh, your patterns and behaviors. It's kind of like your your way to know how to respond to things when they're showing up. Is that what you're saying, Sarah? Yeah, exactly. And you... Um you might be able to even have sort of a conversation with your bear, for instance, if you're working with bear, and you know, to ask questions about, you know, how would how would a bear respond to this situation? Um, I'll give a little bit of an example from my life. Um, about a year and a half ago, I was working really closely with a dear friend who happened to be work. She happens to work with the eagle. <laughs> the eagles are quite solitary, and bear is one of the animals, my core beastie, my first core beastie that I met. They're quite solitary, right? Well, it all of a sudden occurred to me that maybe this was part of the reason why the two of us were working at the time side by side at a desk <laughs> every day. We were both finding it very creatively frustrating. Like we just weren't getting what we wanted done, and it was like this. It was just confusing, you know. But we were like, this should be perfect. We're dear friends. We're getting along. Everything's great, but it's just frustrating. And when you look at it from 
that standpoint of the beasties, it's like, well, eagles need to kind of be soaring in, in the currents and spending time solitary in the nest. And bears, same thing, the only time bears are really hanging out with other bears is when they're raising their cubs or if they're in mating season, you know, which is a whole nother, <laughs> it's a whole nother thing. But, um, and it was just really a relief to kind of go, oh, this makes sense. You know what? I need, you know, we need to work separately and, you know, still maintain our friendship. Um, but everything got a lot better after we kind of had that realization. Um, other, you know, there just there's so many different ways that um, people work with it. I know another another person, for instance, who um, works with whale. Sometimes she would feel like oh, I should be on Facebook, um, you know, all the time, every day, you know, marketing my business, marketing my business. But when she reflected on whales, um, whales tend to do a thing where they do this deep diving. They spend long periods of time very deeply submerged, and you might think about that as a way of almost like water can be sort of like a, you know, kind of, you know, solitude, getting away. Um, and yet when she realized she needed to honor the whale, she decided it was okay for her to come and go when she needed on Facebook. And some days she would post, and some days, you know, when she had surfaced, she's like, okay, I'm at a post. I feel like surfacing today. Other days I want to submerge. Well, um, and when you get into your energy like that, when you've had that conversation with yourself and you're connecting from a different place, and you respond with the appropriate actions and responses, that's when you open up the channels for things to happen. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you're kind of going against your grain, you're going against the energy, and that totem that keeps showing up is trying to get your attention to tell you, wait, hold up, you've you're, you got to listen to me. Absolutely. And sometimes they'll come in dreams that can be... Um kind of intimidating or scary. So if you have animals showing up in your dreams, that could be the beasties can get a little frustrated if we're not listening to them. And so sometimes, you know, they will come and kind of be frustrated. Um, and I do, I describe a little process in the book about how to look at that. Um, um, but yes, it, it's, it's what I realized when I was coaching people is that it was very, sometimes it's very difficult for people to give themselves permission to do things that don't make a lot of logical sense or go against maybe the rules of their family or the rules of, you know, whatever, fill-in-the-blank society. Um, not in a radical way, but, you know, just to align with what they were truly desiring in their hearts. And I think that the beasties kind of invite us in this playful, fun, sometimes often silly way, you know, to be able to laugh at the way we've been sort of going against our own grain and realize, oh, of course, you know, I'm a giraffe. I mean, I can see what other people can't. I'm up here in the tree, up in the tree canopy. I can kind of see how this isn't going to go so well. You know, like, that might be one of the gifts of giraffe if you work with giraffe. Whereas maybe the rest of the people at your work team are like, what? There's no problem here. But just to understand, you know, what your special gifts are and, it's funny, but this you begin to as you begin to kind of love and appreciate the beastie that you're working with, I think you begin to love and appreciate yourself, which at the end of the day, that's really all we're here to do is really complete love and accept ourselves. I mean, in my opinion, to love and accept ourselves and do what we were put here to do, which is unique Most for definitely. everybody. Most definitely. And I think what you're also saying is this is not a mental process. This is not, no. hey, I've got to go figure out my animal and I've got to think about what this <laughs> animal would be doing. You, you want us to do it the way the shamans do. And you write in the book that shamans see with their hearts. Mm -hmm. And so this conversation and this dialogue and this interaction that we have with our beastie to support our lives, this is something that has to come from and through the heart for us to yeah. truly get the ahas. Is, 
Is that correct? Right. And I think that, um, you know, like the, sh- the shamanic, when we talked earlier a little bit about shamanic journeying, that experience is such an amazing and wonderful experience. And for anybody who's interested, I strongly encourage you to check that out. Um, because it's really a wordless experience, but it's very much a sensual or a felt, it's an emotional or a feeling state that you feel when you go on these journeys. And, and um, what can happen, many things, you know, you can receive healing, you can, you know, have a gift of energy or power given to you um, by your beastie, which sounds like such a radical idea, Um but I just say that uh, I've been in, you know, allopathic, you know, medicine for a long time. And if you had told me about these things three or four years ago, I would have been like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but what I realize now is it's just very powerful. And um, not that allopathic medicine doesn't have its, absolutely has its role, but I think there's something about this love and connection and comfort that comes um and then later, courage that can come from making this connection with a core beastie for people. And I've just seen it so many times that um, it's just, like you said at the beginning of the call, it's really quite magical and miraculous, some of the things that happen. Well, you also have written in here about the high vibration of nature, and I think that's something that we tend to overlook and take for granted is that nature does really have that high intense vibration that was really positive and 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 you write that they're powerful manifestors because they don't experience a lot of the resistance to themselves the grass doesn't try to grow as deepak chopra says it just grows so when we are tapping into these energies we are allowing ourselves to tap into something a little higher when we step into nature we're tapping into something a little bit higher and it's getting us to maybe not push along but to move along Mm mm-hmm yeah, and just those little nudges that help us align with what it is that we're wanting to do. Um, you know, another process you can do is um, is to ask a question, you know, maybe um, you've got something going on in, in your world and just ask a beastie for some assistance. So you could um, flip randomly to at the back of the book to one of the beasties back there and see which one shows up. Um, because with, from the shamanic perspective, as we were talking about before, everything that happens is significant. Life is not random. Um, you know, the fact that whoever's listening to this call and the fact that Simran and I are on this call today is not a random thing. We've been drawn all here together for some reason today, you know, because there's something that we're all going to be benefiting from this. Um, so to ask, you know, pose an open-ended question, you know, how can I, um, you know, find a loving partner? How can I um, find a way to, you know, resolve a conflict that I'm having with my teenager? Whatever, you know, it is that the worldly problem is, the beasties have a lot of wonderful ways um, that can help us kind of energetically take that problem to a lighter place and make it easier. What the Walrus Knows is a wonderful little book. It's an eccentric field guide to working with beastie energies by Dr. Sarah Seilman. The ancients knew something exciting. We're all connected. This includes humans and animals. Beasties show up in your life every single day, each one carrying a message tailor-made for you. A message brought about by beastie may be about beauty or family or work or romance. It might make you smile. It might offer you guidance on a prickly problem. Often the message is powerful. You can connect with Sarah at followyourfeelgood.com. That's followyourfeelgood.com. And definitely order your book. Uh, You can do that online at Amazon. We'll be right back with Dr. Sarah Seidelman. (laughs) 
Be extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. Join me next week. My guest will be Ariel Ford. We're talking about her new book, Wabi Sabi Love, How You Can Find the Perfection in the Imperfections of Your Relationship. Today we have Sarah Seidelman, and she asserts that there are messages trying to come into your life through the animals that show up and that you can work with these beastie energies to support you in uncovering anything from more abundance to romance to a career, anything that's in your life that you have a question about. You begin to work with these beastie energies just with a few simple steps. The first step is to notice what beasties are showing up as you go about your day. The second step is to notice what's on your mind when you happen to have that awareness of the beastie. The third step is to look in a book or on the Internet to find out more about your beastie. I would recommend What the Walrus Knows uh, by Sarah Seidelman is one of those places to look. And then allow your journey to unfold so that you can discover what that beastie is here to really communicate to you with. Now, Sarah, you had said that there were core beasties, but you also talk about guest beasties. And so as we go through life, uh, one question I want to ask is if, if a person is having a hard time connecting with a particular uh, totem, a particular beastie, can they use their own dog or cat as the place to start? It's a good question. I think, you know, dogs and cats are fantastic vibrational role models because often they're very aligned and surrendered to their own desires. So I think they're awesome. Um, But what I tell people is, that really, the, the thing about domestic animals is that they're kind of in service to humans. So a little bit of their vibration kind of relies on our actions and what we're doing, whereas wild animals are not in that situation. They are pretty much living in surrender, hopefully, to their own desires. So I really encourage people, like, if you're really a dog person um, and you really don't see any other beastie that's, incur- you know, that's drawing you at all, you might want to look at the wolf. Um, and the same thing if you're a cat person, to look into some of the big cats, the leopard, lion, um, jaguar, and see, you know, if any of those, um, if any of those particularly call to you. 
um, so kind of go to the uh, go to the wilder version of yeah. it. Yeah, be a place to start. Exactly. Um, Wonderful. Yeah. And then, in regard to the core beasties and the guest beasties, are we allowed to have as many as we want? <laughs> well, it's funny because sometimes once you start noticing, there will be many that will come, and so it can be a little bit overwhelming at times. But what I tell people is. You can have more than one core beastie, but it's important to kind of start with one because this is kind of a two-way relationship. So it's a two-way street in the sense that you need to um, honor and kind of maintain this relationship. So, And I talk about some of the ways in which you can do that. Um, but you can have more than one. It's just that it's a lot of stuff to maintain and a lot of things to think about. So I really encourage people to begin with one and then see what happens from there. Wonderful. And then when it comes to our um, creativity, because I truly believe that our, our, our one purpose in life is to experience ourselves and continuously create um, because we have that energy within us. So a lot of people sometimes they are so giving to the outside that they kind of block that place of creativity. How can the beasties help us to get that what you call creative mojo flowing? <laughs> Well, I think it's, you know, asking yourself, you know, what is it that you would like to create? Um, you know, and I think what happens when you connect with the BC energies is they help you to find ways. Um, so it might be, for instance, maybe you're, you've been wanting to write a screenplay, and this is something you've always said, but now, you know, you've hit 45 or you've hit whatever age, and you're like, uh-oh, it still hasn't happened, but I really want to do that this year, even though I've got other things going on. Um, Maybe you've connected with the tiger and learning a little bit more about the tiger as your core beast, you discover that tigers are quite elusive and spend a lot of time being quite solitary. It seems to be kind of a recurrent theme in the stuff we've been talking about. But maybe, you know, tiger's ability to disappear from view might inform you, even though maybe you're a, a mom and, or a dad who's busy and has all kinds of other um, things going on, but to remind yourself that it's important to honor, to honor your tiger self or, your, you know, the tiger as your beastie, it might be important to set aside some time for yourself to be alone, to work on the screenplay, or just to have some quiet time away. Um, because it really wouldn't be energetically tiger-like to be going full throttle all the time, spending a lot of time with other people. Sure. Um, sure. And that's one of those things is just you energetically begin to kind of go, oh, okay, or to begin to understand yourself. Um, another example of this would be we had a uh, we had a caller once on a show who said, well, I think it's the bear that's coming to me to be a core beastie, but I don't want the bear. Oh, yes. So what happens if we have a beastie that we decide we don't want or we have a beastie that we're afraid of, like a spider or a snake or something like that? What do we do in that case? And sometimes that's what will be happening. Like a lot of times um, it seems quite common. A lot of times people will have a lot of snakes or spiders or something like that showing up. And what I tell people is um, that probably is a message for you, and if right now that feels a little intimidating or you're not interested in looking into that one, you know, notice what other other beasties are, and maybe you can come back to it later because it may have a powerful message. Um, but to look at, you know, I just I always encourage people to do what feels light, what feels what feels good to them to investigate. Um, but for instance, snakes. Um, that, I talk about this in the book a little bit, but one of the first beasties to show up for me was a black mamba snake, which was, um, you know, they're poisonous snakes, and there's a lot of, you know, we have a lot of fear around, or at least I had a lot of fear around that. Um, and the other thing is we, 
we live in this world now where there's a lot of judgment against, like if you watch a Disney movie, you know, you might think that hyenas are bad because they play the dark music and, you know, they, they give them these positions of the characters usually played by hyenas are not necessarily the sweetest and most wonderful beasties, you know, in Disney World. Um, but to realize that every beastie from snake to um, fly, mosquito, uh, you name it, they all have their, they're all perfection. You know, they are all doing exactly what they were designed to do. Just like, as I believe, you know, each human was put here to do their own perfect thing and to express themselves, as you said, you know. Um, and I think, so just educating yourself a little bit about, like maybe for me, I learned, okay, black mama snakes, they can swim. I started watching, I was watching some videos of them. They're very graceful. They're beautiful. Um, they're very powerful. Um, and there, I began to understand that, you know, maybe there were some good things about the black mamba snake. <laughs> but it also sounds like when you are looking up something or, or trying to understand how an animal behaves to identify with it, that you're also in an intuitive nature just taking in, oh, well, that's a graceful move or that's a, yeah. you're, you're not just, it, you're, you're picking up on the points that maybe you're, you're to recognize about yourself. Yeah. And, it, and it's, those are the things that are going to come to mind. Not, not everything about the black mama was going to come to your mind, but only specific things were. And those were the things that you had to discover about yourself. Is that correct? Yes. I think that's it. I mean, and it will be different. Like if you and I both watched, let's say we both had Black Mambas showing up, we both watched the exact same video, you might take home something utterly and completely different because the message will be perfect for you. Um, so, yeah, and I think it's, again, this idea when we begin to connect and understand and we begin to feel this connection with other beasties and with all, you know, you begin to feel connected to the world. You begin to feel like you belong. You begin to feel this this overall, you begin to kind of also, as you were saying earlier, you know, just start to appreciate the beauty and the individuality of each beastie. And then I think eventually even humans, you know, it begins to extend into maybe that difficult person that you run into frequently at work. You go, oh, yeah, well, you know, maybe maybe they have something beautiful about them too that I just don't understand yet, but I'm I'm open to learning about it. We begin to kind of become more open, I think, through this process. Oh, definitely so. And I think animals are just our, our way that it's, it's going to happen naturally because we, we tend to put our resistance down when we see animals. Yeah. Any kind of animals. And we admire them. We, I mean, we're all so amazed. Like, if you were like me, you know, we used to watch, you know, uh, Marlon Perkins, you know, The Wild Kingdom or whatever. And there's something stunning and beautiful about um, just observing animals. I mean, especially in the wild, but... I mean, if you look at YouTube, oh, my goodness, I think some of the most viral videos are of animals, you know, because it just it raises people's vibe. It helps people feel better to watch um, beasties doing things, whether they be kitties and, <laughs> or, you know, wild animals as well. And, and when, when a video goes viral like that and it has a particular animal that people have seen, is that a totem for all of those people, or what is that? Yeah, I think, um, well, I've been thinking about that a lot lately. There was, there was a really funny, hilarious video called, um, it's on the Honey Badger, as narrated by Randall, and I don't know, many people who are listening may have seen it. It's quite a salty, um, it's not for everyone, I'll say that right out of the bat, so consider yourself warmed, but it's a very funny video about the Honey Badger. Now, the Honey Badger is a kind of badger that lives in Africa, and basically what this video is being narrated, showing this honey badger being um, being a honey badger, which means honey badgers are quite fearless. So the, 
one image where the honey badger's up in a tree and then there's, there's a viper, a, a, some sort of a cobra up in the tree. And it really doesn't phase the honey badger. He basically um, bites the head off the cobra and goes ahead and, you know, does what honey badgers do, which is eat snakes, apparently. And then there's another part where he's diving into this um, sort of cave of um, where bees are because he wants to get some of the honey and some of the larvae out of there. And he's getting stung by bees, but it really doesn't seem to bother him because he's going after what he wants, and he's a honey badger. I mean, that's what they do. He's not resisting, you know, what he wants. And I think that video, I have the hunch that this video is really kind of attractive to 70 million people or 70 people have watched it because I think a lot of us are really needing courage at this time. There's a lot of change going on in the world. There's, you know, economic upheaval. All kinds of things are happening, and it takes courage to know what to do when everything is kind of falling apart or what we formerly knew, you know, is falling apart. Um, So I think the honey badger... That makes perfect sense because, you know, everything in the world, despite the way it shows up sometimes, it really is good, and the things that all happen are for our good. Yes. And if we really do, you know, state that that we are going to have a certain belief or faith or or something, that there is something protecting us and guiding us and showing us, Mm -hmm. then the communications are going to come in different ways, and they're going to come in creative ways. And it may show up as a YouTube video about a honey badger. Absolutely. These are how those things are going to happen. So it... It's it's really amazing how animals can tell us so much about ourselves. And I love how in your book, What the Walrus Knows, you really portray some different animals that we don't necessarily always think about identifying with. The porcupine, the shark, yeah. the polar bear. You know, I mean, we don't live at the Arctic, so we're not going to see a polar bear. But, <laughs> right. um, but we are. If we see a statue of one or if we see a postage stamp or something that shows up, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to have that particular animal show up in your backyard. I mean, I don't want right. a skunk showing up in my backyard. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I wouldn't mind seeing some skunks, you know, because then all of a sudden it, it, it lets us know things about ourselves and it lets us know what we need to do if we see that particular animal. And, you know, one thing I do know is once you become open to this idea, it is amazing. Like sometimes people do have quite extraordinary encounters. Um, when I was sort of doing this work at the beginning, I ended up running, stumbling into a mother bear with three cubs in broad daylight. Um, I've had so many calls about people, you know, foxes walking up to them and sitting at their feet and staring at them, literally and these people saying, I knew what the fox, you know, the fox was telling me it's time for you to go and do this thing, you know, and people just having this internal knowing, even though it makes no logical sense, that there was some support and there was this, 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 this animal had truly showed up in, in their actual reality and said, you know, go. <laughs> Do this thing. You know what I mean. <laughs> well, maybe I love those stories. We'll show up in my backyard. We are talking about us. Uh, we've been talking about a walrus. We talked about what the walrus knows with Dr. Sarah Seidelman, and she is the author of this precious little book. And I invite you to discover the fun of exploring why certain animals show up in your life, what these messages are that these animals are trying to share with you. And you can discover this through this quirky little delightful book that gives you the introduction to the ancient practice of animal totems, which she refers to as the beasties. Sarah Seidelman shares tools which allow you to begin 
examining the intuitive world of animal messages and how the appearances of beasties can offer important information for you. You can order that book uh, off of Amazon or Barnes & Noble, and you can connect with her at followyourfeelgood.com. There are some wonderful videos and just a beautifully creative website. It's worth looking just at the website because it is really a, a precious website. So definitely connect with her. My guest next week is going to be Ariel Ford, and we're going to be discussing wabi-sabi love so we can find out a little bit more about how to deal with the imperfections in our relationships and definitely take advantage of the free 2012 subscription by 1111 where you can access all archives as well. We'll be right back with Sarah Seidelman. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll free at 1 866 472 5795. Again, 1 866 472 5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. How do you get your messages from beasties? Do you have to go out and live in the woods or go to the Arctic to find a polar bear? Nope. Beasties are going to have their helpful messages come directly to you wherever you are. All you need to do is tune in, and it can change everything. And if you're curious about how, then get the book, What the Walrus Knows, by Sarah Seidelman. She's a board-certified physician who left her pathology practice in order to live out her destiny as a salty goater of humans. In her own life and in her practice as a life coach, speaker, and writer, she loves to ask the question, how good are you willing to let it get? You can find out more about Sarah at followyourfeelgood.com. We have just a short time left, Sarah, and there are a couple of questions I really do want to get back to and let the listeners know about. And one of those is you don't write about it in the book, but you did. Uh, you were diagnosed with ADD later in life. And my question is, how can we support children with ADD through the use of beastie energies and animal totems? Mm, oh, that would be, a, I mean, I think it's a wonderful idea. Well, the great thing about kids is if you have a kid like under the age of 10 or 10 or 11 I'd say you can simply ask them you know what is your favorite wild animal and often they will tell you 
And then you could explore with them, you know, explain to them, you know, what if you thought of yourself as, you know, and explaining to them how they can align themselves with this energy. So, um, for instance, my kids, once I began to understand what each of their, and one of my kids, I asked her, what's your favorite animal? And she immediately said dragon, which is just, and it's so wonderful because I can understand her in a whole different way um, from her dragon energy perspective. And someday she comes in the kitchen, you know, hissing fire and smoke. And we all know to kind of stand back, you know, that the dragon is today, you know, feeling a little, you know, dragonish, um, more <laughs> dragonish than usual. Um, and 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 one of my other kids is a, is a large cat, um, is one of his animals, and so it helps me understand why sometimes he is more elusive or is much more quiet or you know wants to be take his own time away from us, um, because I tend to be more, um, you know, it helps me to understand him, I guess, and to to really respect. Hey, he needs his time to be quiet and to contemplate things and to think about things. Well, I think that's helpful because children are so imaginative and they, they will always speak the truth. And yeah. it's oftentimes they're telling us what they need just in, in their play and in their discussion and what they're guided to and led to or connect to. And if we as adults can be more perceptive when it comes to that, I think we can support them in such amazing ways. Absolutely. And with ADD, one of the main interventions is really to get kids outside and getting them exercising, getting that physical, because these kids are flowing a lot of energy, which they need to channel, (laughs) you know, which often means getting outside and running or walking in the morning before school. Um, I know that's true for myself because I have a lot of energy and I need to, you know, I need to be physically active. Um, But helping to understand my own animal helped me to understand and really start to love and appreciate myself for all all the things that I am, you know. Now, I opened up the show talking about setting an intention and choosing a beastie energy to help you manifest what that is. I'd love to either help the audience understand how to do that or support them in setting an intention or, or something to close out this show so that they really pull in that beastie energy that is right for them. Is there something that we can do, Sarah, or can you yeah. tell us how to do that? So whatever it is, you know, maybe there's something you'd like to accomplish in the next 6 to 18 months, something big this year that you'd like to do. Maybe it's run a marathon. Maybe it's, you know, go for a new job. Maybe, you know, something. Whatever that is. And then ask yourself, you know, what are the characteristics that I need to make that happen in my life? Uh, maybe it's consistency and endurance. You might want to check out Wolf if it's a marathon you want to run because wolves know how to trot for hours and hours at a, at a nice, steady pace. Maybe you need to finish up a project, so you need to learn, you know, you need how to, to have a really nice sprinting energy. <laughs> you may want to check out a tiger or a leopard. Um, maybe you want to, you know, really feel power and step into your own power. You might want to check out Dragon. And all those those manifestos are in this book. And so you can play with, um, you know, what does that look like to approach things the way that a dragon would and to investigate the mythology and, and look at images and and go online and play around with that idea a little bit because that is, it's really magical what can happen when you have your, you take your goal or this thing that you want and you tie it in with this wonderful positive energy. It's pretty amazing. That's fabulous. And and just out of curiosity's sake, what is your beastie energy for 2012? 
Well, it's last awesome. year I did the dragon, and I had amazing things happen for me. Um, and I was really, truly using it to to step into my own power, and it really feels like I did that. Um, this year I did a playful process. I had somebody do a divination for me. So have somebody, you can do this for each other, is to set the intention that somebody's going to draw a, an excellent, or choose an excellent beastie for you, and then flip through the pages at the back randomly. But of course, as we know, it won't be random. And I had the meerkat selected for me. The meerkat is all about sort of, well, there's all kinds of things, but they're very much um, uh, leaders of groups, and they're a matriarchal society, so the, the female meerkats are quite fierce and pretty awesome. So I'm quite excited about that. I well, think my guest today has been Sarah Seidelman, and the book is entitled What the Walrus Knows. Definitely get your copy and explore all of the beasties that are in the back. There's also a wonderful resource guide inside that will connect you to some other types of people that are doing different work in the world. I think that's wonderful, and some other books that could be very powerful in your own journey. Her website is followyourfeelgood.com, so definitely visit her website. And join me in the coming weeks. I've got some excellent guests coming up. We've got Ariel Ford next week. Mike Dooley from The Secret is coming up soon. Gary Zukoff is going to be talking about spiritual partnerships. So on down the line, we've got some great shows scheduled. So until next week, I'm Simran Singh. Be well. Thank you for stepping into the doorway of conscious choice with 1111 Top Radio. Please join host Simran Singh again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for another enlightening edition here on the 7th Wave Network. Remember, shift happens.